Have you had a good summer? It's been a hot summer, hasn't it? I've had a good summer too. I've had a little bit of time off for the family. Travelled up to Scotland. You know, it was shining. The sun was shining in Scotland. That's how, how good God was. We had a great time there. Uh, Josh and Chloe uh, had a wedding blessing up there for the family and friends up in Glasgow. That was great. We came down, had some lovely time in the lakes. Uh, I did a little bit of decorating. And I went out one day. Uh, I came back in the evening and Rachel had moved all the furniture into the middle, covered it with dust sheets. And then I went, oh, we're painting tonight, are we? You know, that not so subtle kind of messaging there, so the lounge has been decorated, which is really good, and then we had a great privilege to be in Austria uh, over the last week, um, just spending time with a church planting network, and that was a really good leadership input for us, so really feel infused. Hope you've had a really good, refreshing summer, too, with the unforced rhythms of grace, and now what's going to happen, right, when I was a police officer, they taught me a, a technique to drive, and I'm not suggesting you drive this way, but it is cool. Uh, and basically, it's where you double your clutch, where you, you, where you pull out of your gear into, into neutral, and then you'll increase your revs, and then slowly, with a little bit of a skill, you'll shift into a lower gear. What happens is you get this impetus of power into your car and your ability to accelerate at a lot smoother weight. It is cool, by the way, and do it safely if you're going to try. It does make you a slightly better driver, but I'm saying that because there is a prophetic word spoken into the house that we're actually we're moving into a new shift, a gear shift of God bringing momentum into the house and we're just feeling that momentum of God says, right, are you ready to move forward? Who's ready to move forward in the things of God You know, for this season? We talk about vision during September. The Bible says where there's no vision, people cast off restraint. It's important to us to know what God is up to and what we do about what God is about. It energizes us and this focus for the next four weeks is so that you go, I know what we're doing in the context of church. And, and just to let you know that God just wants to use us and fill us with his Holy Spirit and we're going to spend time on this one particular image today that hopefully will motivate you into growing closer to God. And that image I want to give to you from the Bible is David's tent. Uh, right, and you probably was thinking of something a lot more exciting at that point. You might not know what David's tent is, um, but if you've been camping over the summer or if you've got memories of camping, who's got bad memories of camping? Yeah, so tents might not be the most exciting, but just to give you a little bit of a backstory, did you know God in the Old Testament chose to live in a tent as a way where, where Moses would come and he would meet with the presence of God? Now, suddenly that makes camping quite exciting. Let me tell you, the presence of God will change everything in your life. There is no beautiful place more than the presence of God when you connect with him and you identify with who God is. It is a life changer. And we see from Adam and Eve who were called to walk with God in the presence of God every day with God. And suddenly by sin, it broke and shattered the connection with God. And yet God never gave up on the human race. God didn't say, well, you had your chance, you blew it, you're on your own, because that's sometimes how we think. And when we get with Moses, we get the call onto Moses, say, come up to the mountain, Moses, I want to talk with you. So Moses is born a slave, he's sold into a foreign land, brought up in the palace, kills somebody, goes on and run into the desert, and in the middle of that whole failure of his life, of complete isolation, he finds himself in front of the story that we know as the burning bush, where God appeared to him in the fire. It changed everything for Moses. The presence of God will change everything for you. It will change everything, the way you look at the world, your call of God, the purpose on your life. When suddenly he had this encounter of God and God said to him, this is a holy place, Moses, take off your shoes. 
Because there's something that happens when we meet God that we don't fully know what to do. And then God uses Moses as a leader to bring freedom to the Hebrew slaves who were captive in Egypt. And he empowers them to do him. And he has that mountaintop experience when God speaks to him and he gives him plan. He says, okay, I'm going to take the presence of God and we're going to go together and we're going to go into the people. So you get this movement of the presence of God from the garden to the mountaintop to the bottom of the mountain. And then Jesus comes and suddenly he breaks the connection because the tent becomes a building. There's all sorts of restrictions in that building where people can't get to the presence of God and then Jesus changes everything. You know that was why Jesus rent the, 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 the veil, the curtain in the presence of God so that me and you can get access. And the Bible says now your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So God has created you for the presence of God to live in you. We don't have to go to a mountain. We don't have to go to a tent. We don't have to go to a building anymore. God has created us to do that. And David's tent, I want to read in 1 Chronicles 15 verse 1. says, David prepared a place for the ark of God and he pitched it for a tent. So I want us to prepare a place for God's presence in this place. So the next season that we know what the presence of God is and, and we move into that. David was coming off the back of a generation that had turned its back on the presence of God. The people had said, give us a king. I don't know if you know this, in, the, in that tent was the, the Ark of the Covenant and right in between of that gold box where the, 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 these angels, seraphim and God would meet in the middle. It was a throne of God. So when people gathered around this tent, they were gathering around the sovereignty of God. But humans went, we don't want the sovereignty of God anymore. We want the sovereignty of man. We want a king. So they said, give it. And Saul was selected. But he didn't lead people to the throne of God. He led people to the throne of himself. And there's a real challenging thing about that Saul, you know, didn't bring people to the presence of God. And what happened was he took this tent, he took the ark of God, and he just put it out in a field and then went on his own way. Have you ever spent time in your life where you take the presence of God and you just put it in a field? You might just bring it out on a Sunday. But every other time that you're actually no, not close to the presence of God. And David, when he comes in straight away, he'll read this in Psalm 132. He says, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes and slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Israel. And David says, my first mission as king, as I take over from Saul, is to bring the presence of God right into the center of the community. So he goes and gets the Ark of God back. He recruits a whole group of people. They go in there and they bring the Ark of God and they bring it in a process and it takes seven steps. Everything, they carry it for seven steps and they sacrifice and they praise and they bring it in. But there's something different about David's tent that's different to the previous tent. They worshipped around this tent in the middle of Jerusalem night and day. It's 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Do you know how long that prayer meeting went for in the Bible? 33 years. Can you imagine, right, if I said we're going to start a 33-year prayer meeting that's never going to stop, and we're going to be in night and day, night and day. And he surrounded the, the, the throne, the, the ark, right? There was no curtain in the way. He surrounded it with the praise of people, right? He got 280 musicians, right? You think that's a lot. And then he added 4,000 backup plan, okay? Can you imagine the size of our band if we got 4,000 people stood up to worship around this presence? Do you know the budget for that? 
They've worked out the budget for David's tent. It's a billion pound. Can you imagine, John, if I came in and said, I want to put so a budget into the presence of God, into the worship team. Can we invest a billion pounds into the presence of God? Can you just imagine this? And what this is all about is the priority. And David said, I'm not going to build my house or my palace until I've built a place for the presence of God night and day. And we're going to worship God and sing his praise. And here's an incredible thing. When we take the presence of God and we put it central in our life and we develop a prayer and worship culture, that one thing we know happened from David's leadership. There was spiritual reformation and spiritual transformation of the nation. Did you know your relationship with God is connected to God's relationship with this city? Did you know your relationship with God is connected to God's relationship with your street? That it's incredible that God, as you come and get to know God, God says, right, I want to change the area in where you're living. I want to change the space. I want to change the atmosphere. And actually, things start to happen. Now, this is great, by the way, because I love talking about the presence of God. And I kind of think when we look at the Bible, we see that the presence of God is very central to it's all about. But here's the question. We've got to ask, what, how, how do we do that? Are you saying, Aaron, that we're going to come in for the next 33 years and never leave this place? Is that what we're going to do? So we're going to break it up. And I've invited Beth and Levy. Levy can't be here today because obviously for his visa. But we thought we'd put together some form of strategy Said so this is how we want to do it as a church, and we're going to invite you to come into the presence of God. So we've got a nice little chair. Let's sit around the fire, Beth. Is that right? It's Hello. warm, isn't it? It's, I am slightly worried it is going to catch on fire by accident. But So Amen. one of the things we started to talk about in, in setting you and Levy the challenge of how do you bring effectively strategic um, thinking into becoming a presence-centered church. You know, so what did you go away and come back with so that we could actually do this more? Yeah, great. So we are really excited. And like I said, we are expectant for what God is doing in the church. We do believe that he's doing something special. And what we, we really want to do is we want to create a presence-centered church. And so we want Riverside to be a presence-centered house. And so we're looking to develop that. And all, this strategy, this prayer strategy is all around developing the house of God. It's all around developing the present-centered church. And so these are not, you know, this is not just like, this is not what's going to bring the presence of God in. We are what's going to bring the presence of God in. But these are just mechanisms to help us as a church support each other, get behind the vision of the church, and bring the presence of God back into this house. And so we're going to start. So um, if we can jump to the next slide. Oh, I'm sorry, then the next one. So we are going to establish a couple of things, really, to move the church forward. And so that looks like we're going to have a daily prayer ministry, a weekly, a monthly, a seasonal, and every six months. And so we've got different things in store for all of those. We're going to start with daily. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so our, our aim daily, and this is going to take a while to build, and we recognize that, but our aim is to establish a house where God dwells permanently. And so we would love to say, we're going to start 24 hours every day, all day. Um, but what we, are, what we want to start doing is we want to start opening the prayer room for an hour every day. 
And that could be an hour in the morning or it could be an hour in the evening. And what we really want to do is we want to open the prayer room and we want to have five specific things that we pray over the church. Five specific things that we declare for six months over the church. And so that's going to be really specific. And what we'd like to do is, is we'd like you to partner with us. We'd like to have a rotor where there's two people manning the prayer room every day. It's open for anyone to come in. But it's your role as the two people leading the prayer room to make sure that the prayers that we're praying are for the vision, are for God to break through. And so we, as we move forward, me and Levs are going to spend the month of October developing team. That means that we will be coming up to you inviting ourselves around to your houses for meals um, and, and getting, you, getting you behind the vision because we really believe that God is doing something special in this house and we believe that God wants to do something every single day wow. because there is, what I said a couple of weeks ago when I preached that consistency develops closeness. Wow. It's the consistency of entering the presence of God that develops closeness. So that's daily. Moving on to weekly. We want to open the prayer room every Sunday morning from half past eight to half past ten. And so what we want is, is we would love for every single member of the team at Riverside and anyone who just has a heart to pray to enter into the presence of God with us. And we want to spend the morning praying and interceding for the presence of God to come. Because we believe when we do that, there will be breakthrough. We believe when we do that, there will be things that shift in this house. And so what that will look like is we would love every person who's serving on a Sunday to spend at least 30 minutes in the presence of God. And we would love anyone else who just wants to join and intercede for God to move specifically in that service in the morning to come and join us. So that's going to start next week. Half past eight, the prayer room will be open. And we would love if you would join us and just raise our voice as one to praise God. And also as well, we are going to be re-establishing team prayer on a Monday. So we used to do this a long time ago, but COVID did kind of throw a bit of a spanner in the works. But what we're going to do is every Monday lunchtime from 12 till 1 o'clock, the team who are here in the building are going to join together. They're going to stop what they're doing and they're going to pray. And they're going to pray over the church. They're going to pray for specific prayer requests. And we will be launching new prayer cards. And we want you to be really honest. We want you to be really honest about things that you're struggling with, successes that we can pray over. Because what we want to do is we want to be able to look back in six months' time and say, God moved here. God moved here. And I know that people were interceding and praying with me and for me. So that's going to be our weekly thing. And we will look to establish church fasting as well. We have got quite a long way. It's quite a big piece of work. Um, so we are looking to unpack that in the next couple of months. But we will look at running sessions at Riverside Academy, unpacking what fasting is, yeah, because we'd really, we think it's really important just to grasp the concept of prayer, worship, and fasting. Wow. Moving on to monthly as well, we want to establish a monthly prayer and worship service. Um, and that's going to look different every month. I think one thing that we know as Brits is we like the, it to be the same all the time. We don't like change, do we? And, um, and so me and Lev's were like, you know what? We're going to change it up every month. We're going to do something different. And so once a month, we're going to do a prayer and worship session, but it's going to look different every time. So it may be that one month we do it Saturday evening. It may be the next month we do it for an hour Sunday after church to say, if you want to stay in worship with us, can. It may be that we say, we're going to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go to pray over the city at Holden Hill. We've not decided yet, but whatever we do, it will be different every month, and we are really excited for what God's going to do. Is that like prayer flash mobbing? Yeah. Wow. 
it's amazing. It's amazing. And we will, what we really want is we want to pray specific prayers. Right. And so every month there will be a different theme that could be current affairs. It could be praying over Israel, pray, yeah. praying over Ukraine. It could be mental health, or yeah. it could just be if there is a person in the church that is sick that really? needs healing, that we will specifically pray and intercede over them. And so we are really excited, but I, excited because we know that God's going to move. Right. And so that's going to be happening every month. And then moving on to seasonally, we're going to have a 24-hour prayer and worship session. Now, we thought, like we said, it would be a bit too intense to be like all day, every day. But we thought we could, you know, gently gently incorporate it into the vision. And so what we will do is we will do 24-hour prayer session. We're not expecting you, if you did want to come, to be there for the whole 24 hours. I mean, if you want to be there, fair play to you. The commitment is high. But what we do want to do is we just want to create space for God to move. Mm -hmm. And we want to open this building so that it becomes a permanent dwelling place of God. And lastly, we're moving on to the six-monthly vision. And so every six months, we want to run a prayer conference for Riverside. And so that will look like inviting speakers in who are, you know, who are hardcore prayers. So in January, we have Rachel Hickson and Gordon Hickson. And they're going to be coming. They're going to be running a prayer service, like a Mm. prayer conference. Um, And it's going to be really exciting. But also what we'll look to do is every six months, we'll look to train and develop the team. So if you are interested in serving into the vision and being part of the team, we are going to train you. We're not just going to be like, here you go, you're by yourself. We really want to invest into you. We think it's really important that we invest into you. We talk through how to pray. We talk through the significance of prayer. And also as well, what we want to do is um, is we do want to review the programs. So every six months, we want to be able to sit down and say, this is what God has done in the life of the church. And in order to do that, we are going to open a email account, which will be um, prayer at lovexter.com, which hasn't gone live just yet. And if you feel that God ever gives you a prophetic word for the life of the church we want you to send that in because what we want to do is every six months we want to look at it and we want to make sure that we are working in alignment with God's will and God's calling for Riverside so that is the six month plan obviously there's lots more to come and we are looking to develop this but ultimately this is just these are all just strategies Mm. and and mechanisms to welcome the presence of God here but it is important that ultimately the church won't grow if we don't grow And so we need to be investing into the presence as much as we invest as one, as one family. We need to invest in the secret place as well. We need to invest in the secret place because it is in the secret place that God revealed to David the heart for the house of God. It's in the secret place that that David received that vision. And so we need to be receiving in the secret place and we need to be responding in the public place. That sounds really great. Really excited about doing that. <laughs> I, I think one thing that people always ask is, so how can I get involved in that? What would you say to somebody saying, I want to get started straight away? What can I do? I would say, great. Um, <laughs> if you would like to get involved, and this is what we're really excited about, is we would love for you to partner with us on this. And we, we want to take this really seriously. You know, We, we don't want to go half in. We want to go fully in. And we believe that we are going to go fully in, that we're going to see revival in this house, that we're wow. going to see revival in Exeter, and we will see revival in the nation of God. And so what, we, what we're going to do is, if you want to partner with us, I would love if you come and speak to me. I would love if you come and speak to me and say, I'd love to be involved. Like I said, me and Lev's will be setting up meetings one-to-one where we can speak mm. the vision over you. And we would love for you to partner with that vision. We do want to be really clear that we, this is the vision. And this is the vision that we feel God is, has put on the heart of Riverside, inspired by the word of God. And so, so we want to be really strong on not compromising that vision. Yeah. We want to be really strong that we 
do what it is that God's called us to do. And so if you don't want to be part of that, that's fine. We're not going to force you to be part of it. But we don't want lukewarm lovers. We want lovesick lovers. We want people that are fully in, that are fully committed to seeing the house of God built. And so if you are committed and if you want to find out more, if you just want a conversation without you know, the expectation of joining the team, just come and speak to me and Levy will be in back next week or speak to one of the members of the leadership team because we'd love to just breathe into you the vision of the church and we'd love to just speak over you what it is that God's doing. Great. I'm going to ask the band to come up if that's okay. Um, we really want to be a presence-centered church. Um, and we just know this. We talk about family, and we'll be talking about that next week. But family grows out of the presence of God. We want to go out on a mission and disciple people in knowing more about Jesus. That comes out of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God that suddenly we know who we are and we know what we're called to do. And it's really key that we understand what a presence-centered church is. It's really key that we become part of a presence-centered community that actually, sorry, Jay, um, to do that. And it's, it's just essential that you look at this and go, how do I become a presence-centered person? Because I don't know if you know this, but God is not restricted to these four walls. It is incredibly important that David ran this prayer ministry for 33 years. 33 years. Who do you know in the Bible lived 33 years old? Jesus. See, that's not an accident. It's an intentional statement of what the plan and the model that God had given David as a place of worship was always pointed to Jesus. John chapter 1 verse 14 says the word became flesh the word of God the logos of God became flesh and dwelt amongst us translated tabernacled amongst us Jesus is the word of God and he came to tent among us so here's the simplicity of it if you want to know what the presence of God it is Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. What we're talking about is the restoration of worship to the house of God when we mention David's tent. We're coming to worship Jesus. I want to finish by illustrating a point and then inviting us to worship. Beth, could you come and stand here for me? I have some noise cancelling headphones, by the way. Um, anybody know what these are? You put these on. Okay, and they cancel the noise outside. So there's a little bit of a technology that goes in there that basically filters out my voice. It's not switched on yet, so you'll still hear me. It's right. It's just for illustration purposes. It's great on a train. I, I love being able to worship and pray in a busy environment, and yet the noise, and I can play this very soft instrumental music. And basically, I want to just illustrate the presence of God if I can. Because in the Old Testament, the word presence... It basically says face to face. Theologically, God is everywhere. David said, there's nowhere I can go on this planet that's away from your presence. But how many of us feel that, that we're in the presence of God? There is a difference. I'm just standing there looking forward. Because I am in Beth's presence. But if she's got noise-canceling headphones on, she doesn't know I'm here, but I'm still here. And it's like God in our life often, all the way through, going, I'm, I'm here. I'm here and God has always been in your life. He was there when you were conceived. He was there. He has a purpose and a plan for your life. But there's a difference that happens in our life when suddenly something moves and then we have this encounter with God and suddenly Beth knows I'm here. 
Who's ever experienced God like that? Could be in a worship song. Could be you reading the Bible. Could be you in prayer. Suddenly what happens is, it's not that God appears. God was always there. Suddenly your focus and you see him. And this is how relationships are made. So you might be on your journey looking for God. He's always been there. He's waiting for you to turn to him. You might have been in church a thousand years. We probably not, but you understand. But sometimes we, as Christians, put noise-canceling headphones on. And we block out the presence of God. It could be, sin does that really. You know, well, the moment you sin, by the way, is the moment you do that. It doesn't have to be sin. It could be busyness. It could be certain people in our life who take too much of our time that we don't ever give time to God. And we just, God just drops into our background, not our foreground. The presence is the moment we take off the earphones, we move with distractions and say, God, I see you. As a church, we're saying we want to see Jesus. Every service, I want you to see Jesus. I don't want to get in the way of that. I don't want the band to get in the way of that. I want you to know that actually it's all there so that you might stand around the presence of God. Would you stand with me? If it helps, you can close your eyes here. I'm not going to ask you to do anything weird or strange. And just wherever you are, just say, God, I want to see you. vision behind this really stemmed from a place of frustration. Me and Labs have been doing, if you don't know, we've been dating long distance for a year and we were frustrated. We felt called to the nations and we're like, God, what is it that you're doing? And what we heard God say to us is, wait. Just wait. Let's wait upon the Lord. Just wait. And so this vision, it was birthed out of a place of frustration. We're like, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And God is saying, I am dwelling here. I am dwelling here. And the frustration, it was just misplaced passion. That's all it was, is it was misplaced passion to receive more of God, to receive more of God. And in this house, in this church, that's where we are now. In Chronicles 13, 1 Chronicles 13, it says this, it is time to bring back the ark of our God, for we neglected it during the reign of Saul. Church, it is time to come back around the presence. It's time to come back. Paul focused on the palace and he focused on the people. We don't want to focus on the people. We don't want to focus on the palace. We want to focus on the presence. We want to focus on the face of God for 33 years. For 33 years, day and night, they worshipped in the presence of God. They worshipped in the presence of God. They saw the presence of God for 33 years. They visibly saw the face of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus died and the veil was torn, the presence of God was unleashed. And so church, we are standing on 2,000 years of the presence of God. We have been, we have been roaming in a world where the presence of God is easily accessible. And so it's time, it's time to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. It's time to bring back the presence of God into this house and say, Jesus, come and be the center.